before it to us. I thank you, Lord. Let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. Let's give him another hand clap of praise. In Jesus' name. Sunday school, you can be dismissed. We're a blessed people today to have Brother Adams and his family with us. They're no stranger to us. Why don't we welcome him as he comes and delivers the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. It is an honor to be here with you. And uh, so thankful. So glad to see so many friendly faces. Amen. And uh, we're just glad to be here. I give honor to your pastor, to his wife, and to his family. You're blessed with wonderful leadership. Amen. A wonderful pastor and um, a great man of God. Amen. 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 Judges chapter 6 is where we're going to go this morning. Judges chapter 6, verse 12, and then we'll skip down and read verses 15 and 16. Amen. Judges chapter 6, verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. This is speaking of Gideon. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Skipping down to verse 15. Gideon responds and says, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Verse 16, the Lord responds and says to him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And um, for a title this morning, I would like to entitle this, The Advantage of a Disadvantage. The advantage of a disadvantage. And I know that may not make a lot of sense right now, but hopefully by the time we get through, that'll make a little bit of sense. Amen. Would you lift your hands to the Lord one more time before you're seated? Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to hearts and minds, that you would allow us to hear from you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. I thank you for the opportunity to come to worship you and to study your word, Lord. I thank you for these good people that have gathered together in your house today. I ask you to speak to us today. Let us be sensitive to your word, to what you would speak. I pray you speak to every heart, every mind, Lord, as only you can through your word, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. We lift you up, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're holy. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. And um, amen. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Amen. These musicians and singers and all just do a phenomenal job on ushering us into the presence of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. This story uh, to some of you is probably somewhat familiar. 
the story of Gideon and all that's going to happen. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about the story. Uh, I just want to lift a couple of principles from it here this morning to hopefully uh, help somebody. I believe the Lord wants to speak to somebody today, wants to encourage someone today, wants to talk to your life. Uh, there's, if you've got everything together in your life and everything's perfect, this message probably isn't for you. <laughs> but if you've got some areas where you feel like, there's some problems and you need some help, this message might be for you. And um, if you got it all together and perfect and you got life all figured out and you got everything under control, I guess you can go on to the house. But if, if you don't, then I might have something for you today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you got it all figured out, don't really go to the house. I need you to stick around after service and I need you to tell me how to get it all figured out. This story here of Gideon is familiar to us, but I, I want us to look just quickly at it. The angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon. He's threshing wheat in the wine press. You know he's hiding, uh, trying to get some food together for his family. Uh, he's uh, hiding, trying to uh, hide from the Midianites because what would happen is the Midianites would come in. They would come at the harvest time, take the harvest, leave them without anything. So he's hiding, just trying to get some food together uh, for his little family. And the angel of the Lord appears unto him while he's doing this. He's afraid. He's worried. Uh, he's looking over his shoulder. He's trying to get this grain together, get something together for his family. And while he's doing that, an angel shows up to him. An angel shows up while he's afraid, while he's uh, hiding while he's living uh, in fear and all of these things are going on. The angel of the Lord shows up to him and says, uh, the Lord is with thee, thy mighty man of valor. And uh, as you would imagine, uh, he goes on to tell him what the Lord's going to do through him. And so then we finally, what we read today is Gideon's response uh, to the Lord. He tells the Lord, he says, oh, my Lord. Now, I know it says, oh, my Lord, as in he's addressing the Lord, but have you ever just said, oh, my Lord? <laughs> That's kind of how I read it. Oh, my Lord. Hey, I think you've messed up. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Wrong guy. I, I don't know if you realize it or not, but I'm over here hiding, trying to get some grain together, something to eat for my family, and I, I think you've made a mistake. You just called me a mighty man of valor, and I'm over here hiding. I'm over here afraid. I'm worried for my family. I've, I'm, I'm in trouble. I got a mess. I, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm dealing with all these problems that everybody else is dealing with, and now the angel of the Lord shows up and says, Thy mighty man of valor. Amen. And he responds, Oh, my Lord. Wherewith shall I save Israel? And then he goes on to list these things. He says, Behold, my father is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. He says, My father is poor. We're poor people. I come from a poor family. And he said, We're from the tribe of Manasseh, which is one of the weakest tribes, and I'm from one of the poorest families in that tribe. And then he says, I'm the least in my father's house. He said, I'm the poorest of the poor of the poor. I'm the weakest of the weak of the weak. I've got a major disadvantage. You're calling me a mighty man of valor, but I'm going to tell you all of my disadvantages. 
I come from a poor tribe. I come from a poor family, and I'm the poorest of the poor in my family. I'm the weakest of the weakest of the weakest, and the Lord is calling him a mighty man of valor. The very things that Gideon thought disqualified him from being a mighty man of valor are the very things that allowed the Lord to show up and say, Thy mighty man of valor. He, he understood the Lord knew about Gideon's disadvantage more than Gideon knew about it. But the Lord said, I know you view it as a disadvantage, but I see it as an advantage because you know that you're the weakest of the weak. You know you're the poorest of the poor. You know you're down and out. You know you got all kind of trouble. But I don't view it as a disadvantage. I view that as an advantage because when I do what I want to do through you, you won't take the credit for it. You won't get the glory for it. You won't walk around saying, look what I did. You'll say, I know where I was at when he found me. I know where I was at when he came talking to me. I know who I was when he called me a mighty man of valor. I Gideon's testimony is going to be at the end of the story that my disadvantage worked for my advantage. And I've come to talk to somebody today in Indian Village. I know you got disadvantages. I know you got things going wrong in your life. And I know you got problems in your family. But I'm telling you, God still wants to work. God still wants to move. God still wants to use you. God still wants to deliver. God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now talking to somebody. You're disadvantaged today. But I'm telling you, that disadvantage, when it's over, you're going to realize that was my advantage. That was the thing. There's going to come a day, the things you're crying about today, you're going to look back on and say, that was my advantage right there. That thing that was my weakness, that thing where I struggled, that thing I was fighting and dealing with, now I see that was my advantage. That was the thing that allowed God to come into my life and move. That don't, don't feel bad today if you came to church because you got problems. Let me, let me tell you something. I'm not going to preach the story. Well, I might, but. Now listen, y'all got all these fancy card holders up here. I'm scared to death. I'm going to knock one of them over or step on them. So uh, I'm going to try to stay away from the edges, but I can't guarantee you I won't kick a few cards out there. She goes to the man of God, this widow woman. This is a different story, but just bear with me for a minute. She goes, the widow woman, she goes to the man of God, and she says, the creditor is coming to take my sons to be bondmen. She's in a problem. She's in a situation. She's in a bad way. She's stuck. Life has not been good. Life has not been fair. But it was her problems that drove her to the man of God. It was her issue that drove her to the man of God. It was the problem that she was dealing with that drove her to the man of God. And it was that problem that was going to allow the miraculous to happen in her life. I said all that to say, don't feel bad today if you showed up to the house of God or you started coming to the house of God because you got problems and you got trouble. I got news for you. Most of us, that's how we showed up. Most of us didn't show up when everything was going perfect. It didn't, we didn't show up when everything was going just right. We didn't come when everything was going our way. 
Don't let the devil beat you up because you decided, you know what, I need to give God a try because I got trouble. The devil will try to wear you out because you turned to God when you got trouble. I've come to tell you, everybody turns it. Anybody that makes it realizes he's the place I go to when I got trouble and I got problems. He, he's the place I run to when I got trouble and I got problems. And the enemy's trying to hold you back because you came when you had problems and you got issues. And you think, man, I got to get this stuff straightened out. No, I'm telling you right now, God's saying, come on, bring your problem to me. Bring your situation to me. Bring your family issues to me. Bring all your problems to me. You'll look back and see those were the things that worked to my advantage. Don't allow your disadvantages to rob you of what God is getting ready to do and what God wants to do. Because Gideon, he's talking to the Lord and he says, hey, look, these are all of my disadvantages. These are my unfavorable conditions. These are the situations in my life that aren't going the way that I want them to go. And uh, I got a lot of problems, and God says, that's exactly why I want to use you. And I've come today to talk to some people. You got a lot of issues, and at the same time, you feel like God is moving on you. God's working on you. I've been there. I know what it feels like to have a lot of problems in your life, and God pulling on you saying, I want to use you for something. I want to do something in your life. And you're saying, Lord, I got all kind of problems in my life. The Lord says, that's exactly why I'm pulling on you. That's why I'm drawing on you. Because when I do it, you won't be able to take the credit for it. When I turn things around, you won't take the credit for it. You know the mess you're in right now. Now, this may not be for anybody here today. I don't know. But I've had the Lord pulling on me when i got issues in my life and I've got things going on and the Lord's saying, hey, it's time to go out and do this. And wait a second, Lord. Don't you know I got all these issues and all these problems? And it's your help if we could get this straightened out and this straightened out and all that, and then I could go do it. So that's the problem right there. You want to go do it when you think you're ready to do it and when you got it together and when you've done it. And he said, I don't want to use somebody like that. I want to use somebody that realizes I can't do this unless the Lord helps me. I, I can't do it unless the Lord helps me. And this is why God, God is calling Gideon, because Gideon knows I'm weak, I'm inferior, I don't have it all together, I'm a mess. And the Lord says, thou mighty man of valor, I'm calling you, I'm warning you. And so, so Gideon, he, he, he's the weakest of the weak, and, uh, but he just, he just says, okay, you know what, I guess I'll do it. And, you know, he doesn't exactly... Uh, have the greatest faith. He, he'd fleece the Lord. He'd ask the Lord a bunch of questions. And, and I know all of you got great faith. The moment the Lord speaks to you to do something, you just go out and do it. <laughs> I know. Immediately when the Lord impresses you to do something, you just do it. I mean, you just go. But Gideon was a little bit different. But, but Gideon, he's, he, he's beginning to to grow and, and do, and he, he's attacking at night, and he's doing things, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And somehow, this, this because, you, you know, back in the day, they, they all, in their tribe, I mean, they knew everybody. They knew who they were, they knew their mom and dad, they knew their family. And uh, Gideon somehow, through the Lord using him, now remember he said, I'm the poorest of the poor. 
My, my family is the poorest in this poor tribe, and I'm the poorest of all of my father's sons, all of his children. I'm the poorest of them. I'm the weakest. I'm the most insignificant. And somehow, Gideon gets 32,000 men to follow him. Come on now. Little, weak, insignificant Gideon. And when they saw Gideon, they said, hey, isn't that the guy in school? Yeah, remember him? He tried out for the football team. <laughs> and after we peeled him up off the field, <laughs> we took him home to his mama. He was crying. Remember that guy? Yeah, him. He's about to lead us into war. The weakest of the weak, that one that's afraid, that one that's the scared of the scared, he manages somehow there's 32,000 warriors that are now following him. That's pretty good, isn't it? Not according to the Lord. The Lord says, uh, Gideon, you need to go talk to your men. You've got too many men following after you. You need to go talk to them and you need to tell them, if you're afraid, you can go ahead and go home. And so Gideon does. He goes to the men, the 32,000 men, and he talks to them. And he says, look, if you're afraid, if you're afraid to go up against the Midianites, if you're afraid to battle, if you're afraid, you know, you're scared, just, you know, go on home. Now, I would hope if 32,000 men were following me into war, there would be a good amount of them that wouldn't be afraid. But the Bible says that 22,000 men say, you know what, I think I'll head on to the house. Hey, Lord, <laughs> I got a question. This is Gideon, you know, the mighty man of valor. You told me to tell people to go to the house, but I think, I think too many left. 32,000 people, and Gideon makes the announcement, if you're afraid, you can go home. And 22,000 people, men, quote, unquote, mighty warriors, take their sword to the house and say, you know what, I'm going on home. Y'all can handle this. And so now he's got 10,000 men. Now, I'm telling you, going from 32 to 10,000 is a pretty good cut. All right, Lord, we did what you told us to do. We're ready. And the Lord says, oh, no, you're not ready. You still got too much of an advantage. It's possible the Lord can be taking things away from you because we've got too much of an advantage. Don't, don't think that everything that's taken out of your life is the devil taking it away from you. Sometimes the Lord will allow things to get taken away from you to get you ready for the victory that's about to come. Nobody really runs the aisles on that part because we don't like to talk about the Lord taking stuff away. But sometimes the Lord will say, let's get some of this stuff cut out of here so I can give you some victory. Because until this happens, I can't give you the victory. He said, Israel, what will happen is, is you'll start vaunting yourself. You'll start puffing yourself up saying, man, we've got a mighty army. We're big like these other nations. We've got a big army like everybody else. 
And the Lord says 32,000 is too many. We need send home 22,000. So 22,000 go. They got 10,000 left. You know the story, Gideon. The Lord speaks to Gideon. He says, all right, now take them down to the, take them down to the water and uh, tell them to drink. Those that just stick their head down in the water and start drinking out of the water, send them home. Those that take the water, scoop it up in their hands and drink it out of their hands, you can keep them. Now, I'm just telling you how I would have made the announcement. <clears throat> hey, guys, everybody looks thirsty. We're going to go get something to drink. <clears throat> I know everybody's thirsty today. So let's go, everybody, and get something out of the water to drink. I can't wait to taste that water when we get there, guys. I'm just ready. Are y'all getting with this? I don't think Gideon did that because the Bible says Gideon takes those 10,000 men down to the water and the Bible says that 9,700 men take their head and just bury it into the water. So if you do the math, if you've got 32,000 and you take away 22,000, and then you take away 9,700. You go from 32,000 to 300. They don't call you in to preach a church growth conference. When you manage to go from running 32,000 to 300. But then God tells Gideon, all right, now you're ready. Now you've got enough of a disadvantage that when I give you the victory, there ain't going to be any doubt how you got the victory. I know you look around now, Gideon, and you only see 300 men, and it looks weak, and it looks insignificant, and it looks like you're in a disadvantage, but I'm a God that works with a disadvantage. I always give the advantage to the one that's disadvantaged. I always... I always help the one that looks helpless. I always move on behalf of the one that looks like everything's over and looks like there's no hope for him. Now you're ready for my anointing. Now you're ready for what I want to do. Now that I've gotten all that other stuff off of you. Now that you look outnumbered. Now that it looks like there's no hope. Now. Now. Now that you look, you're in the disadvantage. Now I'm going to do it. Is this all right today? God will put us in situations where we look like we're outnumbered and where we're disadvantaged and all that. I said all that to lay some groundwork for where I want to go right now. God put the children of Israel by the Red Sea and in between the mountains. He placed them there. He put them there. He intentionally sent them there. He put them in a place where they looked like they were at a disadvantage. And he did it, and he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. He said, because Pharaoh's going to say they are entangled in the land, and the wilderness has shut them in. They are at a disadvantage. I've got the advantage over them. Pharaoh's saying, I've got them right where I want them. Pharaoh's saying, now I've got them. Now they're cornered. 
hindered. Now I can go after them. But God said, I'm doing it for a reason and for a purpose. I'm putting you at a disadvantage for a reason and for a purpose. I'm putting you right there in that place because I'm getting ready to show you the advantage of a disadvantage. I'm about to give you victory, final victory over a Pharaoh because I'm going to put you at a disadvantage. Can I tell you what I feel today? I feel right now that the enemy is looking at some of you and he's looking at your situation and he's looking at the situation that you're stuck in and he's licking his chops and he's saying, now I finally got him where I can get them. Now I finally got them in a place of disadvantage. Now I've got them cornered. Now I've got them stuck. But I've come today to tell somebody, you better get ready because the advantage of a disadvantage is about to show up. The God... You better get ready. You better prepare yourself to go over. I know the enemy's running. I know he's coming after you. I know you're afraid, but I serve a God that is the advantage of a disadvantage. I s- you, man, oh man, oh man. You need to get ready. You need to get ready. I know you're worried, but get ready. I know you're concerned, but get ready. I know it's uncomfortable, but get ready. Woo. You, let me tell you, the Lord's been working on me. I've had to learn something over the past couple of years. And it's, how, it's this. Go ahead and get comfortable being uncomfortable. I know that doesn't sound good, doesn't sound fun, but I'm telling you how the Lord works. If we're going to see Him work, we got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We got to get accustomed to being uncomfortable and being in uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable situations and circumstances that God allows us to get into because those are the situations that He says, Now I can show you who I am. Friend, You want to know why they wanted to do the wilderness for 40 years? Because 10 spies came back and said they are stronger than we are. We're disadvantaged when we look at them and we look at us. The problem is, is we're not supposed to look at them and look at us. We're supposed to look at them and look at him. We're looking at the wrong thing. We're looking at the wrong thing. We look at our enemy, and then we look at ourselves. We don't need to do that. We need to look at our enemy and look at him. They missed out on the promised land, and for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness, and a generation missed out on the promises of God. Because they couldn't understand that God was a God that worked in a disadvantage. God wanted to use people that looked like they were outnumbered. He wanted to use people that looked like they were outmanned. He wanted to use that because he always works on behalf of those that are disadvantaged and outnumbered. They're stronger than we are. You're right. If you were depending on yourself, it'd be over. 
But we're not depending on ourselves. We're not depending on what we can do. Let me tell you today, I know you got problems. Some of you got some things in your life that got a hold of you. There's some addictions that you can't get over. There's some things you can't do. And you're saying, I just can't do it. You're right. You can't do it. That's why you got to allow God to get in the middle of that thing right there. He's wanting to get right in the middle of that thing where you feel disadvantaged, where you feel like your life's a mess, where you feel like you got all that junk going on and you can't fight it and you can't deal with it anymore. And there's a battle going on. I'm telling you, right in the middle of that is where God wants to step in. That's right where God wants to work. That's right where he wants to do what he wants to do. Hmm. What time do y'all normally get out on Sunday morning? Don't act like you don't know. That's a lie. Somebody that watches the clock, tell me what time you normally get out. I'm not going any further. Somebody tells me. 11. Perfect. (laughs) Listen, I want you to tell the truth. You don't understand. It ain't going to bother me when 11 o'clock rolls around. I just want you to know I know what time you normally get out. That'll let me know why some of you start squirming around at 11 o'clock. I know it's not conviction. I know it's the restaurant. God wants to use people that realize I'm at a disadvantage, but it doesn't matter because of who my God is. You got to be willing to take inventory and say, yes, I'm outnumbered. Yes, I can't do it. Yeah, the finances aren't there. Yeah, all that's, it's not there. It's not, there's no way it could happen if it was dependent on me, but it's not dependent on me. He's a God that works in the disadvantage. He's, anybody ever been in the disadvantage before, outnumbered, outgunned, stuck in a mess? and you've seen the power of the Lord to reach right down into that situation where you were messed up, all kind of twisted up, all kind of messed up, and God reaches down in the middle of all that muck and all that mess and all the outnumbered and all the stuff that doesn't add up and none of the stuff that makes sense, but God reaches down in the middle of it and says, I don't care, it doesn't matter to me one bit. I'll work in the middle of all of that. And the thing you think is disqualifying you from God moving in your life is the very place where God's wanting to move. It's the very place where God is wanting to work. It's the very place where God is wanting to bring a testimony where you're going to look back and say right there was a place where I was disadvantaged. I was stuck. I was outnumbered. I had too much going on. I had all this stuff. But God got in the middle of that, and God gave me victory. It wasn't victory that I did by myself. No, no, no. God gave me victory right there. God worked in that situation right there. God moved. God's looking for somebody that's willing to look past their disadvantage and see him and what he's wanting to do. This is what made David so significant, so special. It was the fact that the Bible says this. Is this all right? I know this might be different. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but are y'all hanging with me? 
Well, okay, I know the kind of preaching you're used to around here. You just got to put up with me a little bit today, and then pastor will be back, and he can line everybody out and everything out. But y'all just bear with me today. Because the Bible says that when, when the giant, he saw David, the Bible says that the giant, this big Philistine, this Goliath, the Bible says that he disdained him. And listen to why he disdained him. For he was but a youth, he was ruddy, and had a fair countenance. He was young, he didn't look like a warrior, he didn't smell like a warrior, he didn't have any scars on him. He was of a fair countenance. He just had a little bit of peach fuzz. He looked so weak and so small that this mighty warrior looked at him, said, I can break him in half. He disdained him. He said, what in the world are they sending out a little fellow like this for? Don't they know who I am? I'm mighty. I'm Goliath. And you're sending out this poor little kid. I'm going to break him in half. I'm going to feed his carcass to the fowls of the air. When Goliath looked at him, all he saw was a massive disadvantage for this little boy that they were sending out. But there was something on the inside of David that didn't care what kind of disadvantage it looked like he was in. He said, I'm not coming with some sword or spinning on. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. I'm, my advantage isn't a sword. It isn't a spear. It isn't even the sling. My advantage is the name that I'm coming in. My advantage... My advantage is the God that's going before me. My. It's what made David's men that are called mighty men so mighty. They would stand when they were disadvantaged. They would fight when they were in the disadvantage. One man, one man took a spear and killed 800. That's a disadvantage when you got one man against 800. I know you think you're tough. I know you think you're mighty. But I don't care. 800 men come up against you. You're at a disadvantage. But David's mighty men didn't worry about a disadvantage. They realized my disadvantage is my advantage. I'll stand and fight. They'd heard the stories of David. They'd seen David. They understood what it was to fight when you're disadvantaged. They understood. You see, we want to use our good side. We want to use where we're advantaged. Right? It's, uh, you know, today after church, you might go outside and take a family picture. And if you do, somebody in that group, I'm not saying who, but somebody in that group might say something like this. 
let me stand on this side over here. This is my good side. Now, see, uh, you can't all be like me. It don't matter what side. It's all good. That's a joke. <laughs> because we like to show our strong side. If you're right-handed and you're going up to bat, you want to bat right-handed. Because that's your strong side. But God said, if I'm going to use you, you got to go with your bad side. you got to go with your weak side. you got to go with the side where you don't have any power. Is that... Is that okay? Does that make sense? you got to be willing to step out and say, this is my dis-. See, a lot of times when we go to God, we want to show him our good side and show him what we're doing and what we've done and say, Lord, look at all the things I've been doing. Look at all the good stuff I've been doing, and I've been trying to do good, and I've been trying to do all right. He says, that's all well and good, but let me see the bad side. Let me, let me see the area where you all still messed up. No, Lord, let me show you this good stuff over here. No, 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 let me see the disadvantaged side. Let me see the weak side. Let me, because it's there in that weakness. It's there in that disadvantage. It's right there that I'm going to move, that I'm going to show you what I can do. And all this today, I've been trying to get to this verse of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. He said unto me, the apostle Paul's prayed about this thorn in his flesh three times. And the Lord finally responds, and he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is complete in your disadvantage. My strength is made perfect in your Weakness. Some of you are wondering why you're dealing with some things. I'm telling you why. It's because God's getting ready to show you his power. Because then the apostle Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Can I use you for an example that you wouldn't get mad about or nothing? Okay. I'm trying to think the best way to do this. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Y'all bear with me. I'm not good at planning out stuff. That's empty. All right. Come on down here to this last step, brother. Now, okay, you're standing on the last step there. Can you can you grab that from there? Can you reach? Just try to like squat down and try to reach it. All right. Let's go. Let's go a little further. <laughs> Now, can you reach it now? Just try. <laughs> no? That's your weakness, right? You can't reach what God's calling you to. This is what God's calling you to right here. And you can't reach it. The Apostle Paul, he says, I'm going to glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. But if I hold your hand over here, oh, there we go. Hold on tight. Now, can you reach that? You, you see the difference? 
The apostle Paul, he said, I'm going to glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When God puts something on me, when he puts me at a disadvantage, God steps into where I can't reach, and he gives me the power to reach that thing. Does that, does that make some sense? That is the advantage of your disadvantage. When you can't reach what he's calling you to, the advantage of your disadvantage is God steps in and says, let me hold on to you so you can reach that thing that I'm calling you to. And that's why the apostle Paul said, most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of God can rest upon me, will rest upon me. He says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then, then am I strong. My weakness invites the power of God to come rest on me. My disadvantage invites the power of God to come into my situation. Not the areas where I've got it all together. In the areas where I'm falling apart, the power of God wants to come and help so that his power can rest on me. I'm done preaching. I'm done. You can stand. You can stand. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Whoo! There's some of you. Dealing with some disadvantages and some weaknesses and some things that you feel like are holding you back. But I'm telling you, if we'll allow the Holy Ghost, the power of God will come on that place where we're disadvantaged. He'll come into that weak place, into that weak situation. And the power of Christ will rest on us and will allow us to reach what he's calling us to, to the thing that he's asking us to do. He'll let his power rest on us. And when his power rests on us, that's what's going to make up the difference. That's what's going to make up the difference between what we're dealing with right now and being able to do what he's calling us to do. Don't focus on your weakness and your problem today. Don't focus on your disadvantage today. Focus on him. And when we focus on him, that power is going to come to help us reach that thing that we're going for. There's somebody here today, you've been seeking things in God. You've been going after things, wanting things in God. But you feel like your weaknesses are holding you back. I'm telling you today, we're bringing those weaknesses to God and saying, God, here it is. Here's my problem. Here's my trouble. Here's the things I'm dealing with. Here's all the issues in my life. And I'm telling you, when we're honest about where we're at, when we're honest about our trouble and our problems, I'm telling you, God's going to get in the middle of that thing. And we're going to look back years down the road and say it was right there in that weakness that God showed me his power right there in that issue. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I don't have a fancy altar call. If you're waiting on a fancy altar call, you're going to be waiting a while. But if you today want to come and say, hey, Lord, I got issues. I got some problems in my life. I need you to help. I need your power to rest on me. I need you to move in my situation in my life. It doesn't matter if you've been in the church 50 years or five minutes. You can come today and say, hey, Lord, I need some help today. I got some issues in my life today. I got some problems I'm dealing with. I got some issues in my family. I got some issues at my home. I got issues with myself that I'm dealing with. I need you to help me today. 
I need your power today. I'm at a disadvantage today. I realize I'm at a disadvantage today. But Lord, you're the advantage in my disadvantage. You're the thing that's going to help me. You're the thing that's going to move in my situation. Lord, you're the God that's going to work. Yeah, that's it. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. Keep coming. Hallelujah. We're going to pray together here in just a minute, but keep coming. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Would you reach your hand over the person next to you if it's appropriate? I want us to join up together. Reach your hand over the person next to you if it's appropriate. I want us to join up together. I want you to pray for them. I want you to ask the Lord to help them. I don't know what they're dealing with today. You don't know the situations going on in their life probably, but I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is in this place to help today. That's it. Allow the Holy Ghost to work for your church. That's it. Jesus, we need you today. We need you today, Lord. That's it. Holy Ghost. Jesus. Receive it, great. 